The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our DC. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, I encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. And, by the way, if you want your own podcast, you can go to pod617.com to get started. You don't have to be from Boston. We produce podcasts all around the world. You can do it remotely, or if you happen to be in the neighborhood, you can come to our Westwood Mass Studios, and we take care of the whole thing for you. The intro music, outro music, you could be the next big podcast star. Go to pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network, and pod we trust. All right, enough about that. Let's get to our guest. She joins us from, Michelle, are you in Florida? I am. Sunny Florida. Whereabouts? I'm in Central Florida. I'm in Orlando. Oh, one of my right near the happiest place on earth. You are absolutely. It, my <laughs> my son and I happen to be big fans of of Disney, so we're jealous. Okay. But it's, it's Rochelle Smith. She is a financial planner specializing in giving advice on passing down generational wealth, and she's got a YouTube channel she just launched, which is, which is exciting. It's called She's So Wealthy. So let's properly welcome Rochelle Smith to the program with a round of applause. Yeah. <clears throat> So did you grow up in Florida? So yes, I am a native, believe it or not. No one in Florida really is. Born and raised right outside of Orlando. Actually, outside of Tampa in a small town right on the Gulf. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of family there. I haven't spent all my life in Florida, though. I did go away for a few years, but I came back to the Sunshine State. So all those crazy stories about <clears throat> people, I don't know, alligators chasing after you people doing meth and driving their cars into the ocean and things those are people that moved to florida from elsewhere obviously if you're a native florida person you have your head screwed on right it's never happened i've never (laughs) seen it (laughs) you've never seen any of that weird stuff never seen any of the weird stuff i'm like where do they get it from now you know they're probably out there on the golf course i wouldn't say that but you know i think we know how to you know, protect ourselves. We don't sure. go where they are. Sure. So by the way, right off the top, I'll tell you, you can find out more about Rochelle at her website. It's Rochelle. Sp- Am I, is it, it's, is it Rochelle? Like yeah, rhymes perfect. with Rochelle, I'm good? Okay. Rochelle, my bell, you know, Michelle. that whole thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Beatles wrote that song about yeah. it. So it's R E S H E L L Smith.com is yeah. where you find more info. And, let me ask you, I could ask you a boring question, but I'll ask you a slightly less boring question. And that is that, how have you made your way in this industry that is, I think fair to say, dominated historically by males? I used to be in finance myself at a, an old, I, I, I think it's fair to say old fashioned firm called Bernstein mm-hmm. and good firm. They taught me a lot, but they would admit a lot of white men in, in that firm. How, how have you found it? 
My industry looks just like you, Dave. They look just <laughs> like you. Less, more like you, less like me. Yeah. But I've always been in financial services. I actually started out in banking and I had this great opportunity to join a brokerage firm, what, 25, 25 years ago. And I did, you know, I started answering the phones, giving quotes in the old days. Now you can just pull it up on your on your phone. But in the old days, you would call in and get quotes. So that's where I started. And the way that that company worked, you just work your way through channels. You get your series seven so that you can start being a stockbroker and then servicing different types of clients. So I just worked my way through the channels, starting as a a stockbroker and working with clients on building portfolios. And I moved up to certified financial planner, which is more holistic planning. And that's, that's really what I love because that is where I can help people change their lives. Like, let's look at what you have. Let's be realistic here. You talk about retirement and evolving as Serena Williams says, you're evolving to other things. How do you get from point A to point B? And I've pretty much been in that space for the majority of my time in financial services, because that's the space that I love. Yeah, I'll give you a lot of credit. Getting your CFP, people, if you don't know, is a real pa- a real pain in the ass. It is not a whole pain in the it ass. It is not like a weekend seminar where you come out with your little certificate. No, it's a lot of work. Not to yes. mention the fact that passing the series seven is, you'll pardon my language, a bitch. That is hard. That I Absolutely. I, I had to take seven and I think sixty-six. Yeah. They were they both involved and I took the bar exam and I passed the bar exam on my first try. That was hard. I, I'm not a genius. I mean a lot of people pass on the first Sounds try. Sounds like you are. But 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 the seven and the sixty-six, so much information. Do you remember when you took it, was it all electronic? Did you like I when I took it, you, you punched in all the answers and then you actually sat there in front of the the, the monitor and it told you whether you passed or failed. Was it like that way for you? Same for me. Yeah. Remember mine was 20 something years ago. So you sit yep. there and you punch it in and you just wait. Yeah. And for you, about, right. Yeah. And it tells you pass or fail and you walk out of the Sullivan center, <laughs> either <laughs> passing or failing and the and CFP it, the same. Cause I, the okay. CFP for me was in 2003. Okay. So it was over a two day period at that time. So that has changed as well. Yeah. I, I just remember it vividly because, and I took it and I, I was probably about 2010 or something like that. Anyways, that it's good because, you know, you don't want to have to wait around three or four weeks to find out whether you passed, but it's bad because it's the most stressful 15 seconds of your life. Oh, yeah. when the, 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 the results will appear on the screen in about 15 seconds. And oh, yeah. you, you're just like, you're, you're, you know, your whole world stops because if you fail it, you, the, the best you can do is come back like three months later and take it again. Anyway, but you passed it. So t- tell us why you enjoy what you do. So I would say it is the changing of lives that I that I like best. It really is having somebody come in and, you know, there are different people that I like to work. Some people are not as great, but, you know, having people come in wanting to manage their money better, like really putting their heart into it, saying, I want to be a productive citizen. I want to put my child through college, or I want to retire at a certain time and really helping them dig deep 
to find out how they get to that point. And it's not all numbers. A lot of times it's about, you know, changing your mindset. It's about your, you know, your lifestyle. Like, Who do you want to be? Do you want to be Dave that goes out and pays for the whole table every single time we go out? Do you want to buy up the bar? So a lot of it is about helping them change their mindset. And I really, really like that part of it. But of course, seeing someone get to that finish line is a great reward. I I do want to be the guy who buys <laughs> drinks for everyone at the bar. And sometimes I am. And it's probably why I don't have very much wealth to manage right oh. now. But it's been a pretty good run, I got to say. Yeah. But, I, but I hear you. Do you find that you're obviously is you, you you said it and and a lot of people in the industry are like me white men with graying hair do you find that clients will come to you because do you think that clients will come to you because they feel more comfortable working with a woman or more specifically a woman of color tell me about yeah. that yeah i will say representation matters so we've been hearing that a lot representation does matter sometimes people are comfortable with me because of the way that i look And sometimes people are comfortable with me because of my lifestyle. So I'm divorced, I'm single, but I've been able to thrive. And for some people, they are in that same situation and they want someone who's been through that to help them because most of the industry is predominantly male, predominantly white. That is who they know. That is who they trust. Like when you think of a financial planner, when you think of Wall Street, that is the picture that comes to mind. So it's very hard to change that that image or that narrative. And so I have to definitely go harder and I, it takes me a little more time to earn people's trust, but um, it can be done. Sure. Yeah. When I was a financial planner, I or a financial advisor, I guess, technically. I was not a CFP. I'm not a CFP. I'm not as smart as you, Rochelle. So let's just get that out of the way. But I have a son who's now 24 who has autism, and he's the happiest guy I know, and he's doing great, but he's always going to need some help. And so I tried to focus on families that had special needs kids because there is a special kind of planning. I, I helped a lot of people. I think most of the people I helped didn't have very much money. That was just bad luck or something. I don't know. But I did help them, and it, 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 it you know, it, it matters. And I, and I think you're, you know, I guess shrewd for being in this industry because there are a lot of, you know, this isn't meant to stereotype or anything, but there are a lot of divorced women yeah. that, that need guidance. And I'm telling you stuff that is painfully obvious to you, but in a lot of situations, the the husband was the one who handled the finances. And so, yeah, and, and, meanwhile, and meanwhile, they're in most cases, entitled to half of that wealth. And so they got to figure out what to do. Do you have, can you think of an example? You don't have to name names, of course, but can you think of an example of someone you helped and sort of tell that story of how they came to you and maybe they didn't know what they were doing and they came out happy on the other end? Absolutely. So using that very same example, you, you know, it's not a stereotype. You just really hit it on the, on the head, the nail on the head. A lot of times when you're in a marriage, just a typical traditional marriage, nothing, you know, untraditional, non-traditional about it. You have a husband, you have a wife, and let's say you have kids. In the traditional marriage, the wife takes care of all the little stuff, the groceries, the Mm. electric bill, you know, everything that has to do with the house. Dad takes care of the big stuff. So when it comes to that big 401k and that a retirement account, that really sparks men's interest. I mean, it, they don't really care about the light. They, they want to talk about the big number. And a lot of times when we, we fight over money, 
my guys will just say, what's the number? Just give me a number. How much money do I need to put in this bank account on the 15th of the month? Let me put my number in. And does that make me good? Because if that makes me good, that's what I'll do. Whereas women will get a little more detailed with it. Well, when it comes to divorce, if you haven't been sitting at the table talking about retirement, helping pick out your stocks or your mutual funds, when it's time for a divorce, you're kind of clueless and you, you know you just don't know what's going on. And I've had those conversations where I've had women say, well, do I have enough to buy a car? And I'm looking at your account or your assets and I'm saying, well, you have a few million dollars here. <laughs> How do you yeah. not know if you can buy a car or not? But again, during that whole time, I was speaking mainly to the husband and not to the wife. And so they haven't been taking a seat at the table. So they don't know what they don't know. And, you know, I've had a couple that divorced and then as a planner, you have to decide you can't play both both sides, you know, some clients you're able to work with, but, you know, in this case, I worked with the woman and, you know, she got what she was due, which was about half. But then she didn't know what to do with it. Mm. It was my job to help her. Okay, this is how you're going to manage the day to day, which you know how to do the bills, the mortgage. But we also have to set up a retirement account for you. Since you're going to go back to work, we'll wait your, your 90 days and we'll set up your 401k. So just doing things like that. And not only that, it goes deeper. It goes to you. Now you have all of these assets. Should you pass away? What happens to those assets? We need to bring in an estate planning attorney in so that you can get that settled now. So having her go through that and just really taking that weight off her shoulder, not only does it feel good for her, it feels good for me as well. Yeah, it's amazing that the, well, for lack of a better words, the stupid questions people will ask you and and you, you tell them there is no stupid question because why, no. why would they know? But you, I mean, you know, you, you've got $2 million. Yeah, you can probably afford a car. Yeah. I remember we used to do these analyses at, at my old shop and I'm sure you do similar things and you know, you run these projections and you get you get you get a pretty good idea of how much money you're going to have after, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, provided things go. And then you give them a high number and a low number. So yeah. like and so and people I had one woman who came to me, she she probably had about two million dollars, which was that's a lot of money. And mm-hmm. for and for me, that was, she would have been a great client. It, the story does, doesn't end with her becoming a client of mine. But she, <laughs> but, but, but I want to say she she had like. Half a million in this bank, half so like four different banks. She has about half a million dollars in each bank, all in cash. Nothing is yeah. invested. Yeah. And so I said, well, first of all, why do you have them in four different banks? She said, well, to diversify in case one bank fails, the other three will be fine. And I said, well, first of all, the yeah. federal, the, the first of all, the federal government, you know, guarantees your your money is going to be safe. I think up to a million dollars or so, whatever it is. So you really shouldn't worry about that. And I I said. Even if you invested this money very, very conservatively, you know, you're going to make on the average of you know two to five percent, even conservatively per even year. That's that's yeah. a lot of money. And yeah. she she was so frightened of the. And I tried to tell her the even even factoring in the stock market's worst years, the stock market has barely maybe once or maybe twice. It's it, the stock market has been down marginally over a period of 10 years now over a period of five years yeah you could you could lose money which is why if you need your money after five years don't go all full full bore in the stock market but 
the stock market is pretty safe. Is this a conversation you have to have with people? Yeah, and David, you're smart. You're smarter than you're smarter <laughs> well, I, than what you're saying you are. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a lot, a lot of it is is common sense, and yeah. but, but no, I, just, I don't know. Common sense is not so common because okay. right. people do ask these questions, and we actually don't have to go far back now for me to have that conversation. All I need to do is go back to 2020 and when we shut down. Right. And the market took a nosedive over a period of time, but it came back fairly quickly. Right. And then here we are again in this inflationary period and the market has gone down. And all I'm doing is I'm just saying, hey, let's go back two years. Right. And we saw the downside, you know, in your portfolio down, I don't know, 10% or whatever. But now you're actually better than you were in 2020, even in, but with us being down. So the stock market by nature, by its sheer nature, is going to go up and down. However, it always comes back. Historically, it always comes back. We just can't tell you when. Mm, right. And that's where we work on how risky your portfolio should or should not be, because we can't tell you the when. So we're going to base it on your own personal goals. So if David tells me, hey, I'm retiring in 10 years, then I say, you know, if you're not afraid of the market, you understand the risk, you can understand the downside, maybe we can put the pedal to the metal, or maybe we can go somewhere in the middle, but we probably are not going to be all cash or all bonds or anything as conservative when you have that long of a time frame. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Cause I, I had clients that would, you know, in 08, I would, I, I would take over the, I, you know, I started getting clients, I started this job in 2010 or something, but mm -hmm. I would look back, look back on their history. And there are people that when the, the market cratered in 08, they took all their money out. They couldn't stand it anymore. Yeah. I can't, I can't stand, I'm down 15%. I'm down 18%. That's it. I'm taking my money out, which is the absolute worst thing you could do. You guarantee right? yourself a loss. I tell them, right. you, you have a loss on paper, but if right. you take this, you're guaranteeing yourself a loss. And then you think you're going to get back in. Well, you're going to get back in when? Because then you got to guess or be have perfect timing. Like I can't make that 18% up if you're sitting in cash. Like how am yeah. I going to make it back for you? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to I would send all my Florida peeps to you and maybe even <laughs> elsewhere because it, it it sounds it sounds like you you give out some tremendous advice. Again, it's uh, Rochelle Smith and the website rochellesmith.com and let me ask you one more question before we move on to other stuff. You said in I was I was stalking you a little bit on the internet here, Rochelle, and you okay. said you just you mentioned that it was a tough 2021. We all had a tough. A lot of us had tough 2020. A lot of us are just having tough everything now these days. But 2021 was a rough year. Yep. What, what do you mean when you said it was a year of challenges for you? So if we go back to 2020, actually at the beginning March of 2020, when well we don't know when COVID started. I don't know that we know officially. Yeah, who knows? But yeah. <laughs> March was kind of the shutdown when it, when things started to shut down. That's when everybody was afraid and fear set in, jitter set in, and people started pulling their money out because the world was going to end. Whatever they were thinking, right. you know, that was a challenge for people mentally because this was something new, something that, you know, our, the United States had not seen before and weathered that type of storm. Like we, what is COVID? Why are we shutting down the whole 
place? Like, what yeah. do we do here? And so really getting people to stay calm, to not make changes, that was a challenge simply again, because it was new and because I couldn't tell them how long this was going to happen. All yeah. I can say was the people who manage you know, the macroeconomics, the people who manage our economy and how things get in and out of the country, like those people are doing what they're supposed to do. And if they do what they, they're supposed to do, then, then we're going to be fine. But telling someone that and actually having them believe you, you know, that's, yeah. that's two different things. So that was, it was really the mental part of it. And I always tell people, okay, you have this great company, whatever it is, ABCD. This company has been around for 30 years. If they go out of business, we're all kind of screwed. You know, yeah. we, they go out of business. Yeah. We're all really, really in a bad place. So, you know, overcoming fears is one of those things that we have to go through. Changing mindset is another one of those challenges. And of course, just looking at the stock, having people pay more attention to the stock market because it's down. Because when it's up and things are going well, they don't really care. They're just paying attention. The other thing that I did was I said, actually, let's forget about the portfolio. Let's work on other things, right? The portfolio is going to do what it's going to do. Can you create another income while we're sitting at home? Can you actually look for the other things to invest in? If your company that you like has been so high that you haven't been able to afford it, this may be the time. Let's look for opportunities in other places and just let whatever you have sit there and let's build around it. Very good. Again, Rochelle Smith, find out more info at RochelleSmith.com and check out her YouTube channel. Yeah, I already forgot. She's she's so wealthy. She's so yes. wealthy. Yeah. She's so wealthy. It she's sounds so wealthy. it sounds like a Cindy Lauper album. No, that was she's so unusual. No, it doesn't. Yeah, if you kidding. just go to Rochelle Smith on YouTube, she's so wealthy. All right, pop up. Very good. We're gonna play a round of good stuff before we depart. Where both Rochelle and I will recommend something good, maybe to brighten your day. Before we do that, let me take just one minute to remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. It's pod 617com If you want your own podcast, you could be the next big podcast star, and we will help you do it. You can do it either remotely from the comfort of your own home or your closet or wherever you're, you're working from. We'll send you out a quality USB mic so you can get started, and we'll coach you through the whole thing. Podcasting is a great way to connect with your network. The, uh, that's the new way of networking. The old way of networking was when you actually saw people face-to-face. You don't have to do that anymore, but... What I'm trying to say is you invite guests onto your podcast. They'll be amazed at the quality of the product that we produce. Be the next big podcast star. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In Pod We Trust. All right, let's play good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right. Rochelle. You're the guest. You get to go first. Do you have something to anything at all to recommend to our listeners that might be a good call? Uh, Yeah, I actually do. So in this time of uncertainty, I recommend, number one, that you chill. Just chill. Don't (laughs) don't, don't panic. Chill. We are in an inflationary period. And like I said before, the people that do the stuff, the macroeconomic stuff, they're doing what they need to do. What you can do is adjust how you manage your money. Going to the grocery store, guess what? Name brand, store brand, 
sometimes they're just the same. That's right. When you're buying medications and food, sometimes it tastes the same. Sometimes the medications are all the time, the medications are supposed to work the same. So don't always go to store brand. Think, uh, I mean, name brand, think a store brand. And the other thing is, if you grab my book, I got some really, really great oh, cool. tips for you. You can, I don't know if you can see it there, but Amazon, I can see it. yeah, oh. on Amazon, it's called oh. A Woman's Worth. And I have some really, really great foundational tips that everybody needs, regardless of where you are with regards to your money. A Woman's Worth, check it out yeah. on Amazon. And that is such a cool cover and a cool, how many, how long was that photo shoot before they got you in that pose, which is just kind of a, kind of a cool triumphant pose. Well, before I tilt it over with the heels a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> right. you got to catch me at the right time. Right. And you know what? If you, if you want to see what we're talking about, you have to buy the, buy the book, buy the book. Yes. People. Head over to Amazon. Book. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. That first of all, great advice that, that people forget. I remember every time I go to pick up, I look at the Advil because I need my Advil. You know, I get headaches occasionally. Yeah. And I always buy the generic brand ibuprofen. It's the same stuff, people. The so active ingredient. The, right. act, they, the pharmacist always says as long as it has the same active ingredient, right. it's fine. I even I actually asked the pharmacist about, you know, something before. And she said, well, they can't all, you know, like Advil can't make all of it. You know, somebody else has to make it as well. Right. You know, it's not just all there. It's not proprietary anymore. Or, you know, when things become generic. Anybody yep. can get in on the game. That's right. Now, is there any product? I'm thinking something at a supermarket. Any product that you 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 do need to buy the name brand just because it really is better? I, I have one example oh. in my head. Do you have one? So I don't have one, but according to kids, cereal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You got to buy it. You can't buy that imitation Captain Crunch or Frosted Flakes. They're right. gross. They're like, it just does not taste the same. <laughs> yeah. See, that's good. Yeah. Mine's, mine's Heinz ketchup. I have to oh. have Heinz ketchup. <laughs> It's it's like the perfect product. I mean, it's it's you might pay a little bit more, but hey, yeah, I need you gotta I need get it. Some yep. things, you know, you can you can if the taste is you know a little different, you'll know immediately. You, you will that that call again, but other things, That's not right. so much. That's you're you're absolutely right. I'm gonna switch gears and recommend a TV show. It, it may be apropos of what we're talking about. We're talking about Rochelle busting stereotypes and and being a successful financial planner in a world of old white men. This is a show about busting stereotypes, and you'll recognize the name because it was a very famous and awesome movie called The League of Their Own. It's about wow. the the women's baseball league back in the in the forties. This is, I guess, call it a reboot, a reinterpretation. It's a show. We're going to listen and watch. Well, Michelle and I are going to watch. You guys are going to listen yeah. to a little, little bit of the trailer for A League of Their Own. It's on Amazon Prime Video. Let's take a look. There's another one on Tuesday. Tuesday's too late, sir. Do not approach sir, the train. Let it happen. Ticket, please. About that. Hey, you. You're clearly going to tryouts. She doesn't look like that much competition. I could be competition, I think. Oh, we're here for the tryouts. I don't think you understand. This is the All-American League. We're pretty All-American. Who was that? Show that knuckleball. They didn't even let me try out, Dad. Maxine, you've got to make some smarter choices. This is fine. This is something I can work with. Teachers, I'd like to go through a few rules. Curfew is at 10 p.m. sharp. No smoking or drinking. No pants. What? Ah! 
<laughs> All right, so that's that's enough of a peek at the, oh, at the trailer. Yeah. So it's funny because the this show is different. First of all, if you're expecting to see the the movie with Tom Hanks and Gina Davis, it, it's a, it's kind of a different take on the same story. Now it's 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 fictionalized, but the backdrop is real. There was this baseball league in the '40s during the war, and it went on for a few successful seasons, and so. Very, very interesting subject. It's this is a creation of Abby Jacobson, who you pro, you might know from Broad City. She's very funny. This okay. this this show is, I think, mainly different in the fact that it it tackles some of the tougher issues that the movie didn't. In the movie, there's one scene where a woman who's African American happens to like pick up a baseball on the side and throw it extremely hard and fast. And all the white women on the field realize, wow, she's good. If only she could play with us. Too bad she can't. And that was the only way the movie addressed it at all. In this one, you heard the voice of no. someone who was being turned away from tryouts, a young African-American woman. And then they also tackle the the subject of same-sex relationships, which you know I don't know how much of it is based on fact, but logic would dictate that that there were some of those relationships on this team. And so yeah. it's a lot of that. So it's, yeah. so it's, it is interesting. Will you, will you take a, a look at that Rochelle and report uh, back absolutely. to me? Absolutely. <laughs> and that looks like girls run the world type. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. That. I would definitely take a yeah. look at a look at that. And you're right. It, it, it looks like it addresses a lot of challenges just from those few seconds that, that yeah. we saw there. It's, I mean, that's kind of my world. <laughs> that's why I picked it. I thought, I that's thought you might like it. That's kind of my world. Yeah. I have to address, you know, I definitely have uh, female clients, but I have same-sex clients. I have mm-hmm. clients who are not African-American. So it's, yep. it's, you know, my world. Across the board, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's just it, we're foolish if we think these kind of things didn't happen and go on behind under the surface in the 40s they you know so anyway it's i think i'm through two episodes i think it's i don't know how long the season is but but it's good it's it's different but it's it's a good watch and i encourage it and rochelle you'll report back to me with your thoughts after you see it i will i absolutely will so we're up against the clock here so we will say bye-bye for now but again go to rochellesmith.com for her book her YouTube channel and how to contact her, get in touch with her and get some of the advice that you probably direly need. We all need every penny these days, people, right? Rochelle, you were an awesome guest. I hope you had fun. I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure and I'll be back. (laughs) You'll be welcome back. Hang on the line for a second, Rochelle. I say goodbye to everybody and remind people to subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast, and go to pod617.com if you'd like your own podcast. On behalf of Rochelle, my new best friend, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. If you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. See ya. Bye.